This week's podcast brought to you by Mama Mofa. Just before we came down to the basement from the kitchen, uh, our youngest said, oh, you have I thought you just did a podcast. I said, well, we did one last week, but we're going to do one again this week. But because I have to go pick up your brother, uh, it's going to have to be a 45-minute podcast. And then you said, well, I've got to go to the eye doctor, so it's going to have to be closer to 30 minutes. And that's when uh, the 12-year-old said, well, why don't you just make it a 10-minute podcast? Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Just before we came down to the basement, to record the podcast, our youngest and I were looking out the window at a um, robin that was fluttering a little bit and out on our deck. And it looked like the robin was large. I was wondering if maybe it had some eggs in its belly that it was ready to uh, put in the nest. But it's, it's embarrassing. I don't even know what time of year robins lay eggs. And well, let's. Let's review, because I was in the kitchen at the same time. Yeah. You said, oh, look, there's a robin with a big belly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that robin is pregnant, ready to lay eggs. I said, maybe that robin is pregnant. Oh, that robin's nest must have been flooded no, in the recent torrential our, downpours. That was our daughter. I, I said, why isn't it in its nest? And our daughter said, maybe its nest was flooded. And then you said, yes, the poor robin's nest has been flooded, and now she's looking to lay eggs. I thought, A, is that really a robin? It looks like an oriole. B, I think it might be a male. C, do nests actually flood? Yeah, I don't think Because I, I, think they're, I think they're poor. I'm pretty sure they're porous. But they're we've not, had a ton of rain ceramic. out here and lots of there's potential for flooding this afternoon. However, and, and, and D, isn't it August? The bigger thing is, would it be possible for, for a bird to be pregnant right now? We're going to have to ask our resident Denise birder in Glastonbury. Yes. If you can next podcast. If male Orioles can give so birth to baby Robins Oriole. in August. Or or is that not possible when their nests have been flooded? <laughs> when when do birds lay their eggs? That's my question. I guess I could go to the Google, but I'm not. I'm going to wait for our resident birder to weigh in. One of the things that we forgot to talk about last week, we were talking about... Uh, I was in Spooky Nook with our son's basketball team. I forgot to, I buried the lead on the story. Um, I had gone to Brooklyn to call a game, came back, changed quickly so I could meet out the parents for dinner and um, at, and also our, our daughter. And when I came into the lobby, one of the other moms, well, first I, I was taking the stairs. I wasn't taking the elevator. We were on the fourth floor. And I could hear like noise from the elevator as I walked past it to uh, to get on the stairs. Walked down to the lobby, and one of the moms said, um, "Some of the boys are stuck on the elevator." So, went to the restaurant. Never a good no thing to hear. No, went to the restaurant. Walked to the restaurant to meet up with the other parents. 
three minutes in after I'd been there chatting with them, I said, oh, by the way, some of your sons might be stuck on an elevator. <laughs> they couldn't believe that. Like, really? That, that wasn't the first thing you told us? So anyway, 20 minutes after the boys got stuck on the elevator, in which time the fire department was called and six or seven firemen came to the hotel that we were staying in. And the firemen used the ladder to help the boys get off of the elevator. I think it, we had six boys and one of the boys' sisters who were stuck on the elevator for 20 minutes and the fire department came and then had to um, help them get off I the think elevator. What that, and then they all posed for a selfie with the firemen. They did, they, they po- yes, they did. The, the beauty of it was, well, number one, they were all safe. But also, I was like, these kids are not, when they're adults, are not going to remember a single game or moment on the basketball court from this tournament that we were playing in. But they will all remember getting stuck together in the elevator. And, uh, and none of them would crack because when we came back, some of the parents were grilling their sons like, was somebody jumping up and down on the elevator? What were you guys doing on the elevator to make the elevator get stopped? And none of them would say a word about any of their their teammates, which I kind of applauded. Um, Much as we remember nothing of the Springsteen concert at the Excel Center in Hartford, but we do remember being stuck on the freight elevator yes, with 15 of us, including Gino, um, yes. as the concert started for, what, 45 minutes, an hour? We were stuck for a long time. Twice this summer, I've stayed at the uh, at the airport hotel the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport, and they have a sign on their elevator that says, uh, no jumping on the elevator. Where is this? At the Intercontinental MSP Airport. Oh, yes. And obviously that sign hasn't always been there. I've stayed there when the sign didn't exist. So what incident caused the professionally engraved sign to go in the elevator that said, no jumping on the elevator? You know, it's interesting. The, The elevator that the boys got stuck on had that sign, as did the elevator... Um, there was a parking garage next to the hotel, also had one. So I wonder if those, if enough people have jumped and caused it to malfunction that now you have to have that sign or people choose to have that sign on every elevator. But as we know. all know, if an elevator goes into free fall and just before it hits the ground, if you jump, you'll be fine. You'll be fine, right. In the same oh. way that if, you, if you're standing in the aisle of, a, of an airplane that's going 700 miles an hour, uh, on your way to the bathroom. If you jump, you will slam into the cockpit door. All right. All right. Well, um, I just got back from Vegas. I was there for the WNBA All-Star Game. Stayed on the 30-something floor. And, uh, oh, the, the elevators for that hotel, kind of small. And they're hot. Like, you can't. It was so hot out there. Well, it, was it was 120 degrees, 116 yeah. degrees, whatever it was. But. The elevator, they do their best to keep it air-conditioned, but you can't. And so I'm on this elevator that just feels like it takes forever because you're in such a high floor, and then it's getting hot. And, oh, I, uh, when I was checking in, however, to, to the hotel, it was late at night, checking in. The person next to me was with his wife, and he was mentioning two kids, and they were very upset because the room they got wasn't the room that they had reserved. was not up to their standards. Yes, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know that this is the case, but my guess is it didn't have two beds, and they needed two beds because they had two kids. But he Were the was, kids young? Uh, I think so, but they weren't with them at that moment. When you're, when you're vacationing in Las Vegas with your two young kids. Right. 
Right, you, I know. You come to expect a certain standard I in your know. casino hotel. I know, I know. But what what kind of got me was the guy was heated, and uh, and I was I was standing right there waiting to check in. Was it the same guy who took our, our uh, shuttle van at the <laughs> no, Minneapolis airport? No, no, not at all. But about the kids were about the same age, I think. Anyway, the, the gentleman working behind the counter multiple times used this word as he was trying to diffuse the situation. He would say, respectfully, sir, respectfully. And then he would say, you know, whatever it was. Clearly we, in, that, in the three-ring binder of things to say. You know, when I'm, you have I'm the hotel manager, but I am not I, I don't deal, I'm not in charge of our sales department. And yes, our sales department oversells sometimes and blah, 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 respectfully. And then the guy was getting a little bit heated and, um, you know, there's no reason to raise your voice, respect. And I, yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get my key and, and get to He manages to a casino hotel, but he also has to be an expert in like hostage negotiation oh and gosh. de-escalating yes. crises. yes. And uh, you mentioned, you know, it was 120 degrees out there sometime during the All-Star weekend. Did they not announce that next year's All-Star weekend will be in Phoenix in it's July? It's unbelievable. <laughs> Phoenix, I saw. Which, I saw, which is having a record streak yeah. of. Today, of it'll be heat. the whatever. It'll set a record for the most consecutive days over 110 degrees. I understand the Super Bowl played in February is played in warm weather cities. But yeah. but the WNBS game is played in in the middle of July. Yeah, and and like women's basketball is just like sort sort of turned upside down. And don't like Phoenix is a great organization. Phoenix has incredible fans. Phoenix is a great place to play WNBA. Games. And a great place to visit. Yes, like yes. So our all in other months game, of the year. Yes, our All Star game this year was in Vegas, setting records for heat. Next year our All Star game is in Phoenix. The final four, two years ago, was in Minneapolis, in, in April. In April, but but ton. It was snowing, very cold, and next year, this coming year, the women's final four is in Cleveland. The women's basketball world just needs to be turned on its axis, so that we can have the final four in Vegas and in Phoenix, and we can do the All Star games in Minneapolis. <laughs> in Cleveland, even though there's not a W game team there anymore. I mean, it just, um, I don't know what the, what we're thinking on our side. We drove to the women's final four in Cleveland. We did. With our, did we have two? We had two. Like ages two and zero or ages three uh, and I one? I think it was like ages th- three and, and change. That was 2006, maybe? 2007? 2007, I believe, yeah. Who won that final four? In Cleveland? I don't know. I don't remember. Of course, 2007 was Tennessee. Um, I had a brain meltdown for a second. But yes, Tennessee won in 2007. How was the WNBA All-Star game, by the way, that that uh, weekend? The, the weekend was great. It was fun. We had um, There's a skills competition on Friday and a three-point contest. The three-point contest was amazing because Sabrina Ionescu did something that had never been done before. She scored... 37 out of a possible 40 points. She only missed two shots. Uh, She missed her first shot, then made 20 in a row, missed another one, um, and then finished off um, making every shot on the last rack. I guess it's five. You were on the call of that. I say you were on the call. You and Ryan Rucco, I believe you uttered half a sentence during the entirety of 
of that her of well her yes round. it yes. was that it was a moment and ryan kept saying something like incredible or, he was like whoa it was my favorite it was my favorite a, one it's of a hard calls. thing to do uh I to mean, analyze yeah of course but and, and in some of the other ones i i talked some but this you could feel it as she was you know building momentum i was like oh it's i'm i'm done speaking because this is all ryan but one of the beauties of, of ryan when he makes calls is it's so natural and energetic i told him my favorite moment was you know as he's making the call one of his things was whoa and it was like just something like our son thomas would say if something super exciting happened you know like whoa um so anyway yes it was uh that was that was awesome and then the all-star game i realized the all-star game like at the beginning of it the first five or six minutes the players look like they're just like trying to loosen up and of course they warm up but then they go back and we have these long introductions where they're out on a stage, on a stage and, yeah. with smoke and they're dancing and whatever. And there's an and before that there's the anthem and anyway, by the time the game starts, they're tight again. And so like the first five or six minutes or more of the All Star game are just the players trying to limber up a little bit. And um but it ended up being fun. Jewel Lloyd was the MVP. She scored thirty points, thirty one points which was a record, and uh, Brittany Griner had a couple dunks and was just back playing, which is incredible, because last year the whole All-Star weekend was dedicated to Brittany. The second half of the All-Star game, every player on each team came out wearing a Brittany Griner jersey. So for her to be there participating and celebrating was um, was really significant to the players and fans. But, uh, but yeah, it was it was a good All-Star game, and I was actually just looking at an email before we, we came on, too, and uh, had great 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 ratings so that's good too i was couldn't sleep last night or i couldn't fall asleep immediately and so i put on the yankee game from anaheim you know a eight uh 10 p.m eastern start right and there in the yes studios was ryan on the yankee uh yes game. He was telling me. So it was very difficult to get back from Las Vegas, right? Your, yes. Your, plane cha- your flight flights, changed. Yeah, tons of flights were canceled. Tons of, and a, uh, I think a third of flights at Newark were, were canceled while you flew into Newark. Yeah, I was supposed to fly into Bradley, but had all kinds of issues. Like right after the All-Star game ended, I, or actually it might have been at the end of the All-Star game, I look at my phone and I'm like, oh, geez, my flight's got issues. So I switched and flew into Newark. Ryan flew into New York, but he was telling me he... Uh, it was going to be a challenging week for him because um, his wife, I don't know if she's out of town or just working a lot, but he, so he was going to be the, the sole, par- sole parenting and, um, and he was telling me how he had this one. Not babysitting? No. How he had this, this one late night studio for yes, um, for the Yankees and like how I guess today is the day that he um, like not gonna be able to sleep in or anything because he's on gonna be on his daughter's schedule so uh so yes uh, the, the, the joys sh- of parenting yeah, i'm sure it was a late even later game i don't know that it went to extra innings but i do know that otani hit a home run to tie the game make it 3-3 and that the um angels went on to win seven to six so i'm sure he was there later than he would yeah. have liked by the way and you'll have no opinion on this but is shohei otani by far the greatest baseball player of all time. You tell me. You're looking well. I mean, he has to be, right? He's leading the majors in home runs as a batter. He's leading the majors in 
opponent's batting average, like 194, against him as a pitcher, is like an NFL player who's leading the NFL in rushing and tackles or something. Well, it, it renders every other great player well, utterly one-dimensional. Would, wouldn't the question, though, be... Is he having the greatest season no, of a player no. of all time? He's, he's, is, he's are we cons- already into is consistently he the great player? hitter and a consistently great pitcher? So, like how many? Babe Ruth did both, but not not you know not and in I'm, the prime of his career. I'm asking this because I honestly don't know how many years has he um, been in in the major leagues. So it's like his fourth or fifth. Yeah, year? something like that. And he's been consistently great since well, I mean, he entered. He's having his best year, but he's 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 um, and and the Angels are likely to give him up at the before the trade deadline to either the Dodgers or... Would baseball people say that this is the... I don't without care. Question? I, I, I don't, no, no, I'm just asking. But I'm just saying, I, I'm not, I haven't talked to baseball people. I am, as far as I'm concerned, baseball people. Right, so, as somebody who So would this cares be considered the greatest... Baseball people actually care less season, about baseball than... <laughs> the greatest season ever. Would this be the greatest season ever, would you, would you think? Well, you wouldn't say... I mean, the sheer... You know, as a pitcher, no. As a hitter, no. But as a pitcher and a hitter... Yes. Yes. I mean, others have done things that are unapproachable. I mean, seemingly unapproachable. Ted Williams, you know, heading four oh six, but 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 not on both sides of the, as you would say, at both ends of the basketball court, at right. both ends of the floor. Right. I mean, there are basketball players who play offense and defense well. But has, that's a different thing entirely. You're, you're you're required to do both in basketball. Has Anaheim been good since no, he's been they, there? No, they have the two, the two, you know, generational talents and Mike Trout and yes. Shohei and they, They're they are always mediocre. It's it's a bit frustrating too. Uh, Is there any chance he ends up like yes. the Yankees? Well, yes, but the Yankees aren't aren't the leading suitors for him. Although the Yankees are. I mean, I don't know how this turned into uh, uh, WFAN call-in show, but well, while we're on it, yeah, uh, I think the Dodgers are probably the leading suitors for him. He wouldn't have to move for one thing, and they've got the money, and you can just kind of see him in a Dodger uniform. But uh, the, the Yankees are one of the teams mentioned. The Mariners are a team that that are f- frequently mentioned, but but I think he'll. I would, I, if I had to guess, I'd guess he'd end up with the Dodgers. Okay. So anyway, um, I think I've answered my own question that, yes, he is the greatest player of all time. If you say so. One of the things I can't tell you about in, in, at the All-Star Game were all the parties and stuff because um, I did not go to any. <laughs> and I was having a conversation with um, somebody who's sort of my age, and I said, what would be the opposite of FOMO? And then I said, maybe it's the I don't give a <laughs> And uh, I think that's what I have. <laughs> I don't, oh, there's a party tonight. I have zero interest in going, and t- tomorrow I won't wish I had. Is so this going what be, would be the opposite? Is this going FOMO? to be the first um, episode of Ball and Chain after 250 episodes that requires an explicit <laughs> label? Well, then he can beep it. Then he'll put in the beep for us. Um, oh, I've, 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 uh, I've always said I've had FOMO, Frequently. Fun-mo? Fun-mo. Fear of not missing out. <laughs> I like that, too. But, to, you know, to put it in a neat acronym, I think uh, the opposite of FOMO would be 
mofo missing out for once <laughs> said with great uh, joy and relief right yes i like that although for you it wouldn't be for once it would it's be a, for always yeah for always you you be uh, mofa mofa that's me <laughs> i'm mofaing are, one more are, time you are mama mofa <laughs> i am Shall we get to viewer mail? Let's get you to and viewer I have mail. things to do, places to go. We do. Big bad hook, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first viewer mail comes from uh, Coach D, our resident hockey coach, checking in after a few weeks off. And Coach D writes. Dear Rebecca and Steve, of course my first order of business is to send great thoughts and get better quicklies to the one and only DGS. I like that get better quicklies. Yeah, me GBQs. Too. I would love to outfit the goat of this podcast with some St. Mike's hockey regalia, so if that's a possibility, please let me know offline. We will do that. As far as your 4th of July traveling at night story is concerned, each year I remind my family that if they ever get the chance to fly on the evening of July 4th across some part of the U.S. after dark, they should do it. I once flew from Madison, Wisconsin, back to Hartford, Connecticut at night, and the show from high above was spectacular, something I highly recommend to all. I probably took a similar path, I think, from somewhere in the Midwest uh, back to Hartford and or vice versa on the 4th of July and saw all that. Yeah, uh, below. I've had it's that so experience. Cool. You and I have talked about that. Yes. We had that experience together going west. It's incredible. Steve, I was wondering if you could help me out with something. My son is traveling to the Twin Cities at the end of the month for a hockey camp, and I was wondering if you could tell him about any Minnesota, quote, staples that he should not miss. Perhaps an out-of-the-way burger custard joint that no tourists know about until now, that is, or anything else you think may interest a 17-year-old boy. He'll be near the U, if that helps. Side note, question, what is the real U? Folks from Miami refer to their school as the U, as do folks from Minnesota. I always knew the U to be Minnesota only. I'll hang up and listen. Well, first of all, growing up, there was only one the U, and uh, that was the University of Minnesota. It was only as an adult that I became aware that People in Miami refer to their university as the U also. And uh, I don't know who I have to assume that Minnesota predates Miami as the U, but uh, but I don't know. I only know that for me and for, for all right-thinking people, the U is the U, the University of Minnesota. Rebecca, do you have any thoughts on that matter? My only thoughts, growing up in Massachusetts, um, I thought the University of Miami was the U. I'm, I'm guessing because Miami had more football games on TV um, when I was a kid, college football games, and that's why I would think that. Um, and then I think it was after I got to know you, or maybe it was before that when I was playing in Minnesota was the first time that I heard of the University of Minnesota being the U. So I, I thought it was Miami um, as sort of a non-participant in, in Miami or Minnesota. Do you have any recommendations for uh, Coach D's 17-year-old uh, in, in Minneapolis? Do I? Well, I mean, just things to do. Well, I mean, you got to go to the Mall of America and ride a couple roller coasters. That's always my go-to on a day is off. Is it really? Oh, when we used to go to Minnesota a lot for in WNBA playoffs, there was an off day. Well, and that was also once school had started. But, yeah, I would go to sometimes the Mall of America and ride, ride one of the roller coasters. And, and, and that's something uh, Coach D that, old would do. That, that no tourists know about. <laughs> well, the that's Mall true. Of America. That's a, that will be a uh, big tourist attraction, but still a worthwhile I would say, one. I would say, I would always say this. It's, it's also not off the beaten path, though it is a beaten path. Walk around Lake Harriet. 
Ah, uh, yes, for sure. Run around Lake Harriet, rollerblade around Lake Harriet, bike around Lake Harriet, whatever. It's that to me is my favorite thing to do when I'm in Minneapolis. Yeah, for sure, 100%. And when I was in Minneapolis this summer, my brother reminded me, Tom, that as middle schoolers, we would ride our bikes to Lake Harriet in Minneapolis from from Bloomington, and um, that is not an inconsiderable distance, all on... uh, city streets and sidewalks. Now you could probably do it just on bike paths, right? Well, I, I don't know, but um, I'm looking it up now. It's, uh, well, on the, on if you took the freeway, it'd be it'd be 11 miles, but of course we weren't taking the freeway, um, although it was a pretty direct route. But uh, yeah, I don't know that uh, we, we would let our kids do that now. No, probably not. Of course, the other thing that people always ask me from out of town about is where to get a uh, Juicy Lucy at the 5-8 Club or at Matt's. Um, that's a big thing that people like to do in, in Minneapolis, though I've only done it once. Sounds naughty, but uh, is it a hamburger? Yes, it's a cheeseburger with the cheese inside the patty. Oh. Haven't you? You've gone to 5-8 Club with me, I'm almost certain, and had a, had one. Sounds vaguely familiar, but not memorable. You have been to the Twin Cities, right? Because your only experience is the Mall of America. No, it's lots of walking around Lake Harriet. I'm, I'm going to out you to my family now. You're actually going to the Twin Cities this weekend, right, for a Lynx game? Yes. I know you're flying in late the night before and late. flying out right after the game. I've already, the game's I've already at three o'clock. I've already told my dad that two o'clock local, flying right out after the game. Yeah, I know. Just just time to call the game and go to the Mall of America, right? I won't go to the mall. Ride, a, ride a couple of <laughs> roller coasters. No, and but maybe I will be able to get up early enough to, to go for a walk around Lake Harriet. Depends on if the teams are practicing that morning or not. In closing, writes Coach D, the big college hockey news of the month is that Tennessee State University will be starting a club hockey program in 2024. Why is this big, you might ask? TSU is the first HBCU to form a college hockey program at any level with hopes of becoming a full-fledged Division I hockey program in the future. Pretty awesome stuff. Is, I saw I did, that on uh, Sports Center. I think. It's pretty amazing. Uh, did we see that together? I think we did, yeah. That, that, is, that, is, that is really cool um, and a great story. Gosh, if only I... Newest sports writer. That would be a great story. That would. Be well. And again, DGS, you got this. Coach D, Coach D, thank you so much. Um, Our next viewer mail comes from uh, Noah in Tacoma. Uh, Noah in Tacoma writes, I've been meaning to send this email for a few months, dating back to when there was an ongoing discussion about school lunches. I've included a passage below from the book Dirt by Bill Buford. It's a memoir of the time he spent living in Lyon, France with his family and learning everything he could about French cooking. I highly recommend it. You can skip down to the section highlighted in yellow for the important part. So... Here, this is from Dirt by Bill Buford. The canteen menu was posted each week outside the school's entrance. Three courses plus a, a, a produit laitier, a milk product, yogurt, or cheese. There was no repeats. This is in, in Lyon, mind you. There were, there were no repeats, a feature so radical that I'm compelled to repeat it. No menu was ever served twice during the entire school year. Uh, Jessica, who had become a member of a parent-teacher executive committee, discovered that at strategic intervals, certain foods are repeated, are, are repeated turnips, kale, beets, to help children become familiar with them. The first course would be a salad, say, grated carrots with the vinaigrette. George's current favorite, carrots, carrots, or a I don't know how to pronounce that, which he asked his mother to make for dinner. The second, 
The plot principal might be a poulet with a sauce grande mer made from broth that chicken had been cooked in. There was a cooked vegetable, maybe Swiss chard, and a bechamel, bechamel sauce, and a fruit or dessert. The boy's favorite had been molu au chocolat, hard on the outside like a brownie and soft in the middle with a warm chocolate meltingness. L'Ecole Robert Doisneau was an underfunded, overcrowded public school that had roof leaks and asphalt playground that was breaking up and weeds growing through the cracks. In its confidence that eating could be taught, it was not exceptional. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Pretty ridiculous. Never once repeated throughout the course of the school year? Well, very different from uh, L'Ecole Jean F. Kennedy in Bloomington, Minnesota. Her next viewer mail comes from uh, Tim. Tim writes, Hi, Steve and Rebecca. As I motor through episode after episode, currently on number 18, in my quest to be exclusively a currentist, <laughs> I have been struck by a couple of things that are prophetic, funny, and also surprisingly poignant when listening to them in 2023. So this is, what, five years ago, Rebecca? Say that again. He's listening to episode 18. Yes, yeah, five years ago. One, in these past few episodes, I've heard references to wearing seeing face masks worn in airports by travelers usually coming from Asia in reference to Steve jogging during allergy season. If I remember correctly, he also wore goggles while jogging. It was all very funny at the time. Fast forward to COVID, and well, many of us were all doing the mask goggle thing in those horrible beginning days of the pandemic. Yes, I would wear goggles and a face mask to mow the lawn. Yes. 1A, in episode 18, you both referenced the proliferation of hand sanitizer containers and their omnipresence throughout so many settings. My mom and dad also like Rebecca, subscribe to the theory that some germs would be okay for our immune system. Hopefully, we are returning to days of good germs and less frantic times in at least one area of our lives. Um, remember also the the, uh, the compulsive hand washing mm-hmm. during the early days of COVID. Mm-hmm. Two, in episodes 17 and 18, Dr. Gary Siegel is mentioned as he begins writing to the show and his emergence as a top-notch OBG, OG, and smart ass begins. Uh... How sweet and nostalgic it all makes me feel and thankful for all of his contributions. Um, that, that's, a, that's another p- possible bleep for Denny in this, uh, in this Potential, yeah. most He's explicit busy. Uh, NSFW, BNC, and yet all entirely innocent. Of course. Have fun and whatever you do, don't hit the buzzer even if the head coach tells you to. This comes from Tim. Uh don't hit the buzzer. Was that from epi- an early episode of PNC? But we did see in uh, summer league games this summer the implementation of the shot clock and one kid running the scoreboard and the shot clock. It's all worked completely fine. I was at a game yesterday. It wasn't until like the last minute. I was like, oh, has there been a shot clock this game? I looked up. Yes, it has. It's been working. Just it's never came into play. Uh, Pat Eaton Rob of the, uh, of the Associated Press, Rebecca. Oh, hey, Pat. Pat writes, hello. Hello, right back at you, Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca and Steve. Please add my best wishes and healing thoughts to all those going out to DGS. Uh, Thank you, Pat. I was listening to the discussion about all the Union stations out there, and it reminded me of a crusade I have been on for a couple decades to rename Hartford's Union Station in honor of its most famous resident, Mark Twain. No-brainer. Right now, it's a (laughs) no-twainer. But Pat, Pat, uh, Pat, just beautifully adds this the twain station <laughs> the twain station yes could be quite a tourist attraction uh, with signs pointing to twack one and twack two <laughs> but this is the elmer fudd station. but concludes pat nobody listens to me i mean it's a great idea. that's a that's a i mean that is a 
it was a great idea, even without the Twain Station. Yes, it's it's a it's an absolute must. Now that uh, Pat has pointed out what he has pointed out. Yes, without question. I mean, let's do this, Hartford. Let's do. Come it. on. Come on. Finally, Rebecca, and blissfully, we're hearing from Dr. Gary Siegel. Hi, Dr. Siegel. Dr. Siegel writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, I'm dictating this note to my son, provisional adult DES, <laughs> from the hospital where my provisional adult DES, okay? So this is DGS dictating to DES, okay? okay. From the hospital where my brain has been fried sequentially for a week on a daily basis. I'm afraid I won't be able to get through Geiger counters at the airport for the foreseeable future. I'm also rapidly losing brain cells, hence the need for a transcriptionist as voice dictation isn't working so well for me. One, Myra sent such a nice note, and I'm sorry I can't remember who else wrote into the pod. Well, Dr. Siegel, neither can we. There have been so many, and uh, uh, nobody's expecting... uh, individual acknowledgement of that everybody's just in your corner rooting for you as are we two tips steve i'm with you tipping up front is offensive and the staff not sharing tips is terrible that was from the axe in in uh, minnesota yes where the back of house staff doesn't receive the tips would we like to tip them as well yes Three, rental car snafus. Just as you had a snafu renting a car in Minneapolis, my son and I had snafus when going to last year's F1 race in Austin. First, they didn't have a car ready for me as the rental was in the name of Mrs. DGS. uh, I narrowly avoided that. I put your name on the rental when we were in Minneapolis. You just never ended up driving it. Right. But the licensed driver that we did have that could have helped drive was only 18 and thus is not allowed to drive. Is that right? That's right. When are you allowed to drive a rental car? 26, I think. What is that about? I don't know. Then, when I got into a car, I was redirected by the gentleman at the gate and ended up scratching the car on a cement block. I love that he blames the gentleman at the gate for being redirected. Right. Finally, after interacting with an employee who falsely stated he was the manager, who falsely stated... Finally, after interacting with an employee who falsely stated he was the manager, I was told by the actual manager that I had taken out one of his cars on the busiest weekend in Austin. Do you think... The actual manager or the pretend manager either use the word respectfully, sir, respectfully. And, and ask DGS to, to, to lower his, his voice. <laughs> I, I just wonder if Dr. Siegel called the Austin Police Department and, and had this guy arrested for impersonating a rental car manager when he was, when he was clearly assistant manager. Right. I was then placed on the banned list. Band, B-A-N-N-E-D. Right, like a band book, yes. but it's a, a band. When my son landed rented. the next morning, they confused the two of us, and though they rented him a car, he's subsequently been banned and accused of my transgressions. He's on the no-drive list. <laughs> oh. Dr. Siegel and provisional, son, provisional adult DES are both banned from renting a car, at least from one rental agency in yeah. Austin. I mean, that's the stuff, that's like something that happens to members of Led Zeppelin. Right. Uh, My wife and I have been running cars from this company in each other's name for years. Subsequently, my son was almost left stranded with his family of four, plus his sister-in-law, prior to a two-hour car ride from the Detroit airport. So it's a a company-wide ban. I guess so. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I mean, it's unreal. And I can't believe this is the first we're hearing. I know. I mean, it really is incredible. 
four. Thanks again for your good wishes. If viewers want to contribute to a charity on my behalf, I would suggest not Googling random Georgia hospital <laughs> hospitals where my only current affiliation is occasionally stopping into their doctor's lounge for ice cream for ice cream in their medical library. There is <laughs> there is there is also a one ard there is also a one ard Gary E. Siegel who is an anesthesiologist, so there may be some confusion. Uh, donations are certainly not necessary, but should viewers be so moved, I would appreciate donations too. Okay, viewers, are you ready? I would appreciate donations to the University of Alabama, Birmingham Department of OBGYN, which has an, quote, OBGYN Fund for Excellence in Education. That is the University of Alabama, Birmingham Department of OBGYN, OBGYN Fund for Excellence in Education. I will I I follow will. a link from the site. He is linked to the site. Rebecca, you I'll will this time post actually that. post post that, yeah, right? Well, I'll and post whatever. that on our, our Twitter feed. Um, we don't have a Threads feed yet for Ball and Chain, but I'll post it on Twitter. And if I f can learn how to post it on Instagram, I'll do that as but well. But we'll, 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 you'll post this, okay? Yes. So it's, it's a link to the um, uh, uab.edu um, Department of Obstruct Obst Obstetrics and Gynecology, um, their giving page, okay? And uh, And so... That, that will be a great way to... Uh, Dr. Siegel, we are so thinking of you, and we so appreciate you still in the middle of everything that you're dealing with, sending us these notes. Don't feel like you need to, because it sounds like you're pretty busy, um, but we're in your corner. We're thinking of you, and uh, I know all of our viewers are as well, so thank you for the update. And uh, one of these days, um, since you're, you're in, uh, unable to rent a car... We'll we'll have to express our gratitude in person, uh, but it'll it will be have to be an away game for us since uh, Doctor Siegel's been banned from most uh, most uh, well all of the nation's oh. rental well just one chain right as far <laughs> as we know hope. I would hope uh, on those notes uh, again Doctor Siegel thank you so much um, and um, Tom Dick and Harry producer Denny Gallagher thank you Tom Dick Harry play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.